I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Wind waiting to pitch. There's a drive right center field. Base hit and there it is. Oh, Doctor, you can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn, number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys will give their thoughts on the draft, they'll give some injury updates, fun, and they will talk about this week in Padres baseball. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. Welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. I am your host, of course, dashing Danny Ortiz alongside my uh, best friend and colleague, the amazing Eric Labou. Welcome back, Eric. What's up? What's up with that? I don't know. Dashing what's, what's, and yeah, I just wanted to give myself a nickname. Oh, You're amazing. Boy. Yeah, we're doing good. We had over 140 listens last week. I feel like we should hype ourselves up a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for tuning in last week, by the way. Yes, thank you very much. And again, a special thanks to Kevin Charity for being our very first uh, guest. Again, by the way, you can always follow us at 5.5 Dan and at Miserable SD Fan on Twitter, uh, and catch us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and AmericasFinestDigital.com for all of our podcast uh, podcasting uh, adventures and follies. Tell a friend too. Yes. Spread the word. Yes, spread the word please. Uh, got a new logo up. I also want to throw that out there. New banner. Yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, at PixelGrip94 I believe is my brother's Twitter handle. Yeah. Uh, don't judge the Twitter picture. <laughs> don't judge the Twitter picture and I don't want to hear about it. He did what I needed him to do on the banner. Hey, you know what I wanted to point out oh, and, I was, and I'm just thinking about this? You gave me a farmer's tan on there you son of a bitch. No, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a farmer's Tan when he originally colored it because he 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 has a little handle on Photoshop, but when he originally put it in, it was just kind of bland because all the colors were flat. So I asked him, Is there any way you can kind of put some shading on it? Because he did it to the microphones. Uh, so he's like, Well, I can do some gradient, something, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand what he was saying. I didn't get the lingo, but essentially, he was able to make it as if the light's hitting you a certain way. It just happened to be that it looks like you have a farmer's tan. Well, I do have a farmer's tan, so I was going to say, wow, that is amazing oh. attention to detail. Oh. <laughs> well, in that case, just disregard what I said, and thank you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, I mentioned uh, good evening. Uh, I've had a little bit of a schedule change uh, for the rest of this month, and uh, I'll let Eric let you know what he's doing as of late, but we're actually uh, recording at the uh, crack of midnight here. It's just before uh, 12 o'clock midnight as we're recording, and uh, Eric's been a little busy serving justice. Yes, all rise. All rise for uh, Judge Eric. Yep, so I went to jury duty, and the first time, this is the second time I ever went to jury duty, and the first time, they didn't even call me back to a courthouse or, or to a courtroom or anything. They, just, I was there all day, then they said, all right, go home. It's We're, we're leaving, we didn't pick you, get out of here. <laughs> And this time I got picked for I got picked for a case, so um, that's that's all I'm uh, at liberty to say to say at this point. Yeah. But um, it's very 
interesting very very interesting and it's it's a cool experience actually i'm quite quite happy that i got picked yeah it sounds really great i'm sure i would have gotten picked had i gone the last time they sent me jury duty papers about 10 years ago yeah so i'm sure there's a warrant uh out for my arrest but uh <laughs> i've never heard someone sound so excited about that yeah. i'm sure there's a warrant out for my arrest you know what it's funny because now that i think about it i i don't go too fast but i cruise control at about 75 miles an hour uh, and i was on the express lanes coming back uh tomorrow's dad day with my daughter single dad so i'm coming back from picking her up and uh, i see a cop about pole i don't know 20 30 yards away as i'm going 75 and i'm thinking to myself now i can hit the brake or cancel cruise control in my car but that's pretty much an admission of guilt here goes nothing <laughs> i just went straight through i didn't get pulled over thank god god i wish he would have pulled you over because i'm gonna take a wild guess and say you still have your dealer plates on your car <laughs> yes i still have dealer plates on my uh and when did you buy your car again uh i want to say i don't know the exact date but i know it was you bought it before our spring training trip in march yeah it was a couple weeks before i bought it the last january the last saturday in january is the day i actually bought it brand new right off the lot still got the january same hey i just haven't I just want to have it vintage. I just I'm trying to keep it vintage. <laughs> January. And here we sit. Here we sit, middle of June. What's it, June 15th now? Yeah, and you still have dealer plates on your car. God, I wish you would have got pulled over. I've never wanted my friend to get a ticket so bad because I bug you about your dealer plates every day. Oh, yeah. You know what would have been real bad, too? Because not only would I have dealer plates, I'd probably get a ticket for invalid you know, registration or whatever, which I have in the car. The registration's in the car. Um, I've probably gotten arrested with my daughter. Number one, my daughter doesn't look anything like me. If you guys actually look at my Twitter or anything, my daughter don't look a lick like me. So I'm, I'm, I'm a brown guy driving around with a white girl in the back of my car. <laughs> Yeah. I have dealer plates on the vehicle. Plus, I probably have a warrant out because I haven't gotten to jury duty the last two times they've sent it to me. Yeah. Boy, that would have been an interesting scenario. I could have been on a jury for a deportation case. <laughs> yeah, you could have been. That's a fair point. Man, that, that would have been a lot of oh, fun. Well, thank God uh, he did not pull me over. He wasn't paying attention, eating a donut, I'm sure. Uh, but anyways, we're going to move right into the draft. Number three overall pick. Uh, I think Eric, you and I were already... Pretty much dead set on this was the guy the Padres were going to choose. We were hoping Hunter Green, uh, the Reds wanted to be uh, a, a pair of dick bags at the draft and cock blocks. Yeah, so they took uh, they took Hunter Green, but the Padres got who I think was the next best option in uh, Mackenzie Gore. And you've said you've been very impressed with what you've seen, as have I. Well, I was saying before, and I don't know if I ever said it on on a podcast. I don't and, think so. Yeah, not any, on the record. Yeah, not on the record. But maybe I texted you about it, you and AJ, but. Um, there was coming to a point when all the stuff I was reading, like I really started doing my homework on this, like maybe two or two weeks ago. Yeah, don't two, not two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, week and a half, two weeks, something like that. <laughs> and I was looking at, it and the more and more I read, the more and more I thought that I think Gore is going to be a better or a safer pick than Hunter Green would be. He has a lot of lot of upside and a lot of polish for for those who don't have a chance. Google MLB Pipeline. Uh, because you get a lot of great free content on not just players in the system, but they have like a top 200 draft list that you can run through. And you're right about Gore. The, the way they talk about him, he sounds like he's a polished like one or two year college kid, not some raw kid coming out of high school. Yeah, he's 18 and he's sitting 92 to 95. Yeah, and that was after sitting about 88 to 92. So he actually upticked his senior year as he put on a little bit of size. Yeah, and I feel whereas with Green, I would be really, I would be very happy if 
we got green. Don't That's get me what wrong. I really wanted. I mean, let's, let's just throw me that too. out there. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. But I feel like with him, he's fastball and slider, and that's yeah. essentially it. Like, he would have to – he'd be a work in progress, as funny as it sounds with all the hype around him. Mackenzie Gore, I feel like he is – he's a safer pick. I mean, he has plus secondary pitches from what everyone's, everyone's saying, scouts that are much, much more – Efficient in yeah. uh, you know reading these tools than you and I. Um, I, I feel like I feel like he's going to be the real deal. At, le- at least he better be. I mean, we need him to be. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I agree. And, and again, you know, from what I've read on him, you're right. He's he's 92 to 95 on the fastball. The big thing is, even though I mean, he's six foot two, 180, so he's got room to fill out. But he keeps his he maintains velocity late into the game, so he's not going out there 92, 95. For three or four innings, or well, in high school they only throw seven, but for two or three innings, you know he's maintaining it throughout the game, which is always great. Real athletic delivery. He's a competitive guy, which sounds like a Quantrill type of guy who's you know dead serious about what he's doing. Um, you know, what? let me let me jump in there. I, I heard draft coverage, and they were saying, "Oh, oh man, this guy he loves to compete. Who doesn't love to compete?" That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's like the uh, well, some guys just go this out there. This guy's a competitor. He loves to compete. I think they're Come all. Com- on. I think they're all competitors, but I think because some guys just like they have to win. They just have that killer mentality, and other guys not so much. I mean, just think of like our Sunday league team. How many guys get mad that we get killed? But how many guys are like, eh, I'm just glad I had a good time. Yeah, that was that's funny. That was actually me last Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, wow. I, mean, I did lost. my job. Uh, Matt Latos. Matt Latos is a good is a good example. When he was with the Padres, he didn't care they were losing. His his idea was, I did my job. Yeah. So I think that's what, you know competitive in a standpoint of like, look, I want to be the best. I want to win. I don't want to just do well. And you're right. A lot of guys are like that. It's like that stupid saying that they the, the team that won the World Series they wanted it more. Yeah. God was on their side because he wasn't rooting for the other guys. Yeah. They didn't want to win as much, but. I, I get what you're saying, but I think the competitive thing is more of like, you know, the mentality of it. Um, and the big thing is what's really got him a lot of attention, which is kind of silly. He has this giant leg kick. Yeah, he does. A real giant leg kick. Um, but apparently it creates real good deception. And if you actually watch video of him, because he pitched at Petco Park in the Perfect Game uh, series, which is probably when Preller saw him. I mean, let's be honest. Preller was probably somewhere in the stadium with binoculars hiding incognito, yeah. scouting him and thought, here's the guy. Because I don't know if you saw when they drafted him. He gave everybody at the table a hug. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you watch the delivery, yeah, it's a high leg kick. But I can see where that deception comes from. Because once that leg comes down, it's smooth sailing the rest of the way through. It's not a herky-jerky delivery like you would think. It's very clean, very easy, and he throws hard out of it and consistently hard. Yeah, and can we not can we not do the Kershaw? Like yeah. the Kershaw comps. Can there's we no, not do that? There's no comps. You can't place a comp on a kid. Number one, that puts too much pressure. Number two, it's silly. Real scouts don't do comps. Yeah. So well, Kevin Acey had a piece where he was essentially saying that um, for the Padres to compete, they need Gore to be like Kershaw or something yeah, to that sure. effect. And Kevin like, Acey yeah. should stick to the Chargers and move to L.A. Yes, that would um, be nice too. Moving forward with Gore, you talked about, we already know, plus fastball, right? 92-95 uh, in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, in uh, Major League Baseball, average velocity for lefty is like 88 to 91. Like that's like that's what you look for. Righties, it's higher. It's 92 to 93. So he's plus on that end. Uh, he also has a plus curveball, above average slider and changeup, and he has above average command, yes. which could all turn into plus. This is an 18 year old kid who's above average across the charts. 
who has room to grow, room to fill out, and room to get better over the next three to five years. So really excited about Mackenzie Gore. Oh, also a, a fun stat that I read. I think this is AJ Cassavell that put it out on Twitter. Did you know that Mackenzie Gore gave up 16 earned runs? In all of his four years of high school, total. <laughs> no, I didn't. Total. Know that. Like yeah, it's high school, and I know it's. Yeah, it's, he's got the style. It's still an interesting fact. Yeah, it, pretty it's, cool. Five walks to uh, to like a hundred something strikeouts geez. last year. Oh, there's there's Absurd. the command. Yeah, it's gonna be real interesting. The to upside see is there for sure, man. And like these guys, a lot of the other guys that we'll talk about here, like I can't wait for spring training next year oh. to go to the backlots to yeah. go to those games. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's greatest discovery we've ever had was yeah. those backlots. I want to throw it out there. That was my discovery. Yeah, it was. I said to go over there, and it worked out well. Uh, but no, no, I, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, he was talked about, like, being a possible, I mean, in argument, being a possible 1-1 pick. I mean, the yep. number one overall pickup. Right? That's why I'm Jonathan saying. Jonathan Mayo had him number one. Yeah, yeah, a couple of other places. I know Mayo did in a couple other places, you know, lesser known maybe. But had him thinking, like, you know, he could be the number one pick in this draft. Just top player. So I think you're right. I, I do think that Green gets overhyped for a lot of reasons. Um, he throws triple digits. I mean, it's it's hard not to overhype that. But I, do, I don't think Gore is a step down. I think Gore is right up there. Yeah. Uh, and nobody would have blinked twice had the Twins uh, chosen Gore number one overall. Probably less questionable if they'd have chose Gore over the guy they chose. But that's neither here nor there. We'll let the Twins... I'm just points. happy that the, the Padres didn't take McKay because part of me thought they were going to take McKay and I wasn't too excited I'm about pretty it. sure. I know because we were at work and when you announced the Twins took Royce Lewis, we are like, thank God he's not coming to the Padres. Yeah. Not that we don't like Royce Lewis, but I really wanted Mackenzie Gore. I didn't think Kareem was going to be there. So I was really pulling uh, for Mackenzie Gore and I'm glad that we got him. And I think you're right about McKay. I, I don't mind McKay. I just... I like the upside of Gore, man. I, I see an ace. I see basically what they traded in giving up Max Freed, but getting him back and maybe something a little bit better. Uh, the other guy that I'm excited about was their number two pick, uh, 39th overall, Luis, uh, and I may be pronouncing this wrong, but Luis Campusano, who's actually uh, the son of a of a minor league catcher. A lot of, lot of good stuff hearing on him from a hit standpoint because that's what everybody cares about. Uh, he's a six-foot, 200-pound catcher, solid hit tool. Two plus tools already, plus raw power and plus arm. Uh, he does block well behind the plate, but here's the impressive part on the arm. He uh, His pop time, the throw down to second, is consistently under two seconds, which if you don't know what that means, that's a fucking cannon yeah. behind the plate, just throwing bullets back there. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, he's got 20 home run upside, so he's an exciting kid. And I always think, and I've said this before, you know, you build you build your, your system up the middle. Obviously, you need pitchers because – Pitching is probably the most attractive and expensive commodity. You see, what st- starting pitchers are commanding basically a million dollars start these days. Yeah. Uh, so, but obviously with center field, the good and, ones. With, yeah, the good ones. Center field, shortstop, catchers. You know, th- I think that's what you build your teams around. You look at a team like uh, the Cardinals. They've always been solid on the mound. They've always been solid up the middle. Obviously, Yadier Molina's been there. They've always had good center fielders. Uh, when the Yankees were going well, what they have? They had a great shortstop. Hall of Famer. They had a, I think, a borderline Hall of Famer, Bernie Williams, and a borderline Hall of Famer in uh, Jorge Posada. So, I mean, you look at any team, and, you know, up the middle is always a strength. So, the more you stack up, the better. Uh, Campusano looks like he could be a really good defender with some power. Uh, the next guy they took was Blake Hunt. 
not so excited about him. He looks like he's a real good defensive catcher, but he seems like he's more of the Austin Hedges type initially. Where oh he no, really another catcher? Oh no. Yeah, Padres Twitter was blowing up. Who cares? You draft the best guy available. If they thought Blake Hunt was the best guy available, then great. We complained last year on the draft, and that worked out pretty well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wait, what was this last guy's name? Uh, oh, uh, Blake. Hunt. Oh. Uh, I don't think Randy Jones pronounced it as such. <laughs> <laughs> MLB Network, dude. He was up there. What what number pick was uh Number Hunt? 69. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Got it even better. I just realized this. With the, with the 69th pick in the MLB draft, the Potters select Blake Hunt. <laughs> Thanks, Randy Jones. Thank you, Randy Jones. <laughs> Thanks for that, so RJ. so much joy to my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm most excited about Blake Hunt now. With the, with the 69th <laughs> I don't pick. Give him the jersey number. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, he's he looks like I feel like he could be a a major league regular at best. Um, he's he's really good defensively. You know, advanced catch and throw skills, uh, consistently under two seconds on his pop time. So he's got a plus arm already. The bat is questionable. Um, the other guy I really liked. And we were actually talking off air. You actually knew about this guy. Uh, I believe a high school outfielder named Mason House. Yes. Yeah. And well, uh, there's no, there, there's no. Oh, I believe it's a high school. Their first like six picks were <laughs> high schoolers. I, I didn't look into all of that stuff. I yeah. didn't get that deep into it. But I think you're right. There's a lot. They took a lot of high school guys. Yeah. Uh, but Mason House, he's a 6'2", 190 foot, uh, 190 foot, 190 pound uh, outfielder. Uh, Really good offensive profile per both uh, Fangraphs and MLB Pipeline. Uh, good bat, good swing, uh, or good bat. He's got a, a swing with a lot of leverage. If you don't know what that means, it's he basically creates a lot of power just out of his swing. Because probably because he's tall. I'm just guessing. I'm no scout, uh, but big, big power potential. Defensively, probably profiles as a solid defender in a corner somewhere. Because. Uh, Decent runner, but not going to be a center fielder. But still, another high school kid with a ton of upside. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I find myself, you need to temper expectations when it comes to this. Yeah, he's going to struggle. I'll be honest, dude. Like, it's hard for me to get really excited for the draft. Because a lot of these guys are probably going to wash out. Yeah, I would say most. Because I only we're only going to go over, like, six guys. There's a couple other guys I want to just kind of run through. But more than likely... Gore might be the only one. I, I can see the catcher making it, the first guy, Luis Camposano, yeah. just because the tools are there. And if there's anything that this system has taught us, particularly the last two years, that if you give it time, they can develop some of these young guys who have raw tools. Because look at Hedges right now. He could draw some more walks. But, Jesus, he's hitting – Hedges, is, I topped him at 15 home runs as a career high. He's going to hit that in the next week or so. Yeah. So I do think that some of these guys with the better tools – you know, they might make it. I could honestly see uh, Blake Hunt making the uh, making it at some point if they develop. But you're right; a lot of these guys are going to wash out. But yeah, for me, it's just like Gore and everyone else. Yeah, I like, agree. you better hit with that number three overall pick. Yeah, like you can't afford to miss on that now, one. Now, some guys are you know second round picks and whatnot. This stings for Padre fans, but Jed Jerko is a second round pick. Yeah, you know a lot of these guys. The way Kyle to look, Blanks was like 38, 40. Yeah, he was one of the, he was back when they were uh, draft doing draft and follows. So you get yeah. drafted, you don't sign, and then you have the to the end of the next school year to sign, but or the next uh, before the next draft uh, period. But um, yeah, I mean the way to look at it. You know, yeah, some of these guys might wash out, but if you can get a couple, the first rounder, I, I agree. When you're picking that high, that guy's got to make it. He can't make it as a reliever or anything like that. Like he's got to hit uh, because that's what got the Padres in trouble, pretty much from what 2000, right? Basically 99 on, and they had all these first round picks, and they got 
Tim Stoffer out of it. Yeah. So I, I agree on that end, but all these guys that I have here, their their bonus slots are at least six figures. So they're paying these guys a pretty decent amount of money. Some of these guys might get a little bit more to try to lure them away from college commitments. Um, so I do think that you know some of these guys have a legitimate shot at developing. They're just so young that yeah, they might wash out. But it's the process that counts, and that's what gets me excited. Is reading a lot of these reports on these guys, uh, which we'll get into a few more here in a second. But just reading the reports on the tools that these guys have makes me feel like you know Preller and Logan White are targeting certain type of players because they've done it now the last year uh, in terms of flipping the farm and acquiring all this talent. They're looking for certain types of players. When you have good process, you keep following that process, guys will wash out, but you're going to hit. Eventually, you're going to hit. Good process will yield good results. And at the end of the day, if it's good enough for Logan White, it's good enough for me. Yeah, by the way, Logan White drafted pretty much like a decade worth of Dodger players. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he drafted Kemp. I know he's he signed Puig after seeing him on one workout. Now, Puig is probably an average regular at this point because the bat's not what it was. That guy was a phenom for like two or three years. Yeah. Signed him after one workout. So give him the money. Give him the whatever, the $6 million a year. Drafted Bellinger. Yeah, yeah drafted Cody Bellinger. Uh, probably drafted Seager while he was at it. Yeah. Yeah, so so the Padres are in good hands in terms of development. Um, and so that, and again, that's why I get excited with the idea of, yeah, these guys won't all, you know, make it, but the idea that they're in the system and that they're targeting certain types of players. I believe Logan White said, I look for superstars. Yeah. So, yes, by all means, Mr. White, pick whoever you want. Yes. Uh, the next guy we're going to uh, go over here, a uh, pitcher, pretty sure he's out of high school too, uh, Sam Keating, who's interesting, 6'3", 175 pounds. He's hitting 90 to 93 in high school, I believe, uh, with a potential slider. The drawback on him uh, is that his arm action might lead to him being a relief pitcher only. But, hey, look at Phil Maton. Yeah, uh, relief. You need you need relievers. Relievers are a hot commodity as well. So another high profile arm. Maybe he washes out. Maybe he doesn't. But again, high velocity already. So they're finding those plus tools. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, and I picked this guy because he's out of the baseball hotbed known as Alaska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually was reading a Heath Law draft chat, uh, and uh, somebody had mentioned some joke about drafting in Alaska and uh, scouting in Alaska. And he said, oh, there's a player that uh, is in Alaska. He's probably going to be drafted today, which I believe was day two. He was a day two draft. And lo and behold, I'm not stunned that Preller was out there dressed as an Eskimo, <laughs> uh, scouting this kid yeah. more than likely. But uh, Johnny Hosma, a third baseman out of Alaska, uh, good field to hit and could profile as a second baseman. But another kid with some plus tools that's a little raw uh, that they're picking up. Um, and again, a six-figure kid. So, you know, these guys aren't coming cheap for this uh, draft pool. So. I'm so ignorant, dude. Like, I, I when I think Alaska, I think snow. <laughs> Do the same thing. I'm like, there's nothing but snow, and if you're Sarah Palin, a clear view of Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a clear view right in their backyard. That's all I think of when I think of Alaska. And then I hear the Padres draft some guy of Alaska. I'm like, what the hell? You know what? There's this thing, and I've always thought about, like, man, maybe I would go to this one day if I had, like, the ability to do it. Like, oh, the, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's they have a tournament. So in Alaska, this weird, weird piece of ice connected to the U.S., Yeah, they have a period of time where the sunlight does not go down. Like it's sunlight for, I think, like 24, 48 hours or yep. a week or something like that. And they play baseball tournaments 24-7. Weirdos. Yeah, yeah, weirdos. So weird that I would love to be a part of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. But that, I mean, 
It'll, you'd you'd be asking for a sub out in right field by the third inning. Hey, yeah, I'd be. Uh, no, it depends on what game. I I did play seventeen of eighteen innings on a doubleheader. That's tough to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on turf. Yeah, uh, but uh, just you know, the Padres going uh, every which way they can to the far reaches of the United States to find talent. Overall, for the draft, what do you give it as a draft grade? No, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. I'm just I kidding. Hate, I, can't, I can't grade this draft. <laughs> you can barely grade the 20, 2007 draft. I know. I the know. Padres taking the I'm 07 draft. I'm just being draft. a dick. Who knows? Didn't we look it up I yesterday? I think it was Nick Schmidt. I want to say it was Nick Schmidt. No, I don't know. Whatever. I'm fairly sure. We'll have to go over that one day. I mean, the Padres... Or not. Yeah. Hey, look, the Padres, they eventually went out on the Matt Butch draft. That looks good now. <laughs> You know, I guess 13 years later I guess oh also one thing and I just I just remembered this I put this out on on Twitter and it's it's more so for people like Rich Herrera if you ever think tanking Ugh. is stupid and you think that that's not the route you should go and you should try to win all the games you can because for whatever reason 75 wins is going to be a lot better than 63 yep. wins. And closers are untouchable on rebuilding teams. Yeah. If you ever think the tanking is stupid, just know the Padres and Reds finished with the exact same record last year. The Reds got a higher pick because of a tiebreaker because for whatever reason, the Padres kicked the shit out of the Reds. Yeah, they just swept them. Yeah, well, Bill Center said that. And, Bill, uh, you know I love Bill Center. <laughs> yeah, big Bill Center. They have, like... They've won a shit ton of their last games that they've played the Reds. But anyways, um, if you ever think tanking is stupid, Padres were one loss away from being a position to draft Hunter Green, which uh, hype or whatever, yes, we got a good pick, but hype-wise, Hunter Green, the most hype in a long time of any of any yeah. draft prospect. And it's not overrated hype. Like one the loss. hype is deserved. Yeah, one, one loss. loss away from that. Yeah, so. just think of it this way. When the Padres... Could have drafted. It was. Either, I want to say it was Strasburg. Strasburg was the phenom in college. Everybody knew he's the number one overall guy, yeah. and he's pitching in the majors probably a year after he gets drafted. The Padres had a chance to just tank, and they didn't do it. Yep. And uh, they could have drafted Strasburg that year. Yeah. And he would still be under team control right now. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it would have been very nice. But they went out and they played with vigor and. Uh, Integrity. Knowing them, they probably would have taken like Dustin Ackley though with that pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the front office at the no, no. That was after, that's after Hoyer got here. Once Hoyer showed up, even with that dope Morad, yeah. he did pour money into the uh, farm. It wasn't John Moore's, you know, cutting uh, EBT st- <laughs> EBT stamps. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, true. food stamps to try to sign draft picks. So uh, I, I'm confident that they would have gotten Strasburg in that event, but I'll that, take your word for it. Yeah, but it, it does go to show you that you know at the end of the day you have to be willing to say like there's no good in winning 75 games Jed Hoyer has said it multiple times on record you know winning 75 games is a waste if you're gonna lose then lose the in a way that's gonna put your team in a position to benefit the most getting amateur talent is the cheapest way to rebuild your system and to reload your farm system. Because at the end of the day, if the Padres farm system does pan out, all these guys in low A and high single A, if it does pan out and it turns out to be stacked in two or three years, they can take that that farm system and use it as currency to fill in whatever they need. Maybe they have to go out and get you know a Manny Machado type, or they got to trade for a Bryce Harper type, or whatever, whoever may be available. Mike Trout might be, you know, the Angels might say to hell with it. We still suck because we can't draft worth the lick. We got to get rid of the next two years. And they can empty out that cabinet of prospects that they don't have room for to get that kind of player. You cannot do that 
if you don't draft well and you don't just accept that we have to lose now to win later. The Cubs have done it. The Astros have done it. The Royals did it. Even the Giants did it for a little while when they were terrible in you know the mid-2000s. You have to lose now to win later. It's just the way that it is. The Red Sox have fucking done it. Yeah. They draft all kinds of talent in that system. And a lot of times, you know, when they finish terrible seasons, they go out and they get a couple of great high draft picks, and then all of a sudden they're right back in it. Look at their outfield right now. Yeah. Their outfield is entirely draft prospects through their system. It's obscene. Losing is just fine right now, Rich Herrera. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, the Pirates are another one. They've been successful. Yeah. Well, the Mets, there's another team. Yeah, well, you talk about the, the farm system, and we're, we're kind of done with the draft picks for now, but yeah. um, in the minors, so I I wish, and I'm completely unprepared for this episode, I'll be up front. Uh, so there's, there's, I've been busy administering justice. <laughs> there's, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> um, Urias, he started today at shortstop for the Texas League right. All-Star game. Right. He was hit by a pitch and arm and left the game. Uh, great news. Great, uh, great news. Um, also, uh, Tatis Jr. is going to be in the home run derby. Yeah, I saw that. That'll be interesting for a Fort Wayne ten cap, so that'll be nice. And then I believe, but the home run derby messes up their swings. He's yeah. gonna slump the second half. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I feel like when I've been looking at the uh, box scores lately, because I usually check him every night. I feel like he hasn't been hitting that great recently. But Meh. Um, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Nobody gets a plaque for. Well, maybe they do get a plaque, but minor league all star games or whatever. I feel like it's more of like let's get these top prospects to show them off, kind of like the futures game. Well, then after that, I mean, Logan Allen's gonna be. Moving Moved up, I'm quite sure. Yeah, Mason Thompson, he's another guy. He, he, I was telling you a few days ago, um, he's a guy that gets me excited, dude. Like, his he looks like a major leaguer when he's out there. He looks like Cal Quantrill's like slightly younger brother, but he's like as big as he is. Yeah, he, he looks polished. He looks polished and he brings it, man. I'm, I'm actually really excited yeah. about He was, Thompson. uh, he was the other guy. I think he came off of Tommy. I want to yeah, say he, he came off Tommy John. Yep. The other guy you fell out of your sofa when they drafted. Yeah. Uh, but again, another, you know, it's looking for superstars, looking for guys who have high upside when they drafted him. And once the report started coming out, like, Hey, you know, the Padres got this kid working out. He looks like a steal for where they took him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's he's exciting. Um, the other guy you and I were talking about at work is uh, Jacob Mix. Yeah. Well, the Astros lost out on that. Now, for those who don't know, when the Astros drafted uh, Brady Aiken and they found out he had a uh, some something messed up with his elbow and they thought, oh, he's high-risk Tommy John, uh, when they ended up not signing him, that killed their slot money to sign Knicks because they'd already agreed to a deal with Knicks. But they'd content, it was contingent on signing Aiken to what they were had agreed upon initially. Once Aiken didn't sign, they lost that bonus money. They could not pay the overslot to Knicks. So Knicks goes to IMG Academy, which is where Logan Allen happened to go as well. And the Padres drafted him, and now he's in our farm system looking stellar, as Eric will tell you in a moment. Well, actually, today he got a loss. Oh, well, got, I, I don't care about wins and losses. He got the loss for uh, Lake Elsinore. Six innings. Oh, he didn't. Uh, nine hits, four runs. Let's, let's go over his three full strikeouts. Let's, 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 no small sample size here. Let's not. Let's not. I think he's <laughs> overall. I think he's gonna. He's gonna be pretty good. I do. I'm too. more excited for Thompson, but I do feel like Nick's is gonna be good. And re- the reason why I brought this up here is I was like, you know what? If if he's throwing tomorrow, maybe I'll go up there after uh, after I get done doing what I have to do. Um, but Lake Elsinore, so I, I feel like they're 
rotation is so stacked that, like, when you look at their game tomorrow, they don't even have the starters listed because they don't even know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. they're just getting a last minute phone call. And it, it's kind of hard to trace it back too because it always changes. Like sometimes they'll give Quantrill five days, sometimes he'll get seven or eight days. Yeah, and I know uh, what uh, our friend, uh, good friend from Matt Fryer's Kevin, said last week that a lot of times they're piggybacking these guys just to get them innings in because. They have so much, you know, so much depth on their minor league rosters. There's not enough innings for everybody to start, but it is very exciting. Uh, we are going to transition here a little bit from the minors to the majors. We want to congratulate Franchi Cordero. Yeah. He is the uh, first featured down on the farm talent to make the jump. So we called it, Eric. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> yes, we sure did. He has looked. Always had faith in you, Franchi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, he has looked stellar. Yeah. I mean, absolutely stellar. What's been impressive uh, about him for you the most to this point? What's been the most impressive thing about him? The fact that he doesn't look overmatched. That's that's the main thing. He's, what, 22 years old? I think so. Yeah, he comes up, and, I mean, he's just, he's Meh. like, yeah, he's like, what? it's whatever. You know, I'm just out here, I'm just out here hitting, and yet again, you know, maybe if I get a few hits today, uh, Scanlon will talk to my translator after the game. <laughs> yeah. He gotta... still hasn't learned the language of baseball. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoy watching him. said Jerry Remy. Yeah, I enjoy watching him uh, watching him hit out there, and I feel like defensively he's been really good. Also, yeah, I well, feel like he's a lot faster than I thought he would be. He is a shortstop, I've, yeah, and, which is funny because when you look at him, he's huge. Yes, he is. Like, he's a he's not huge from like a you know bulk standpoint, but he's very 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 tall. Yeah. So when they saw his shortstop, I was like, oh, you know, maybe he'll be like six. Five. I think he's like six two or six three. He's a tall kid, and he does. He looks very athletic in the outfield. We've seen him in center. Uh, we've seen him in left, which I think we're, he'll settle in. He's got a good arm out there. And, yeah, his his approach at the plate has been very good. Well, when I saw him, like when I see him now, I'm like, how was this guy ever at short? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was he ever at short? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, the broadcast did a good job of talking about, uh, you know, how he settled in. Because Mark McGuire apparently talked to Andy Green in spring training. And, they you know, they do their little cutaways of the pregame interviews. And McGuire saying, you know, you know, he's not really a home run hitter, but he has, he's a hitter who's like a power hitter. He has power. He's not a power hitter, but he has power. You know, he's going to hit some home, some doubles and line drives. Those will turn into homers. And apparently, uh, according to the broadcast, uh, Mark McGuire is telling Andrew Green in spring training, like, this kid's going to hit. Um, and that's what he's done since he's come up uh, to this point. Small sample size, but nonetheless. I think he's earned the starting spot the rest of the year. I, mean, I agree. No one that's really going to take it from yeah. him. Well, when you're when you're hitting 339, 383, and slugging 625, which to this point is 65% above the league average hitter. And he's yeah. not going to keep this up. No, but, no, no. But why not no trot way. him out there? Why not trot him out there every day? It's, that's, it's, you know, nothing to lose but 100 games. Absolutely not. He's He's got good speed. He's solid on the bases. We've talked about him defensively. And. I mean, we mentioned it when we actually profiled him because he was like him and – I think we did him and Maytalon that day. Yeah. Because, you know, kind of the lesser-known guys that were closer to getting on the big club and that, you know, he's probably not going to be a superstar. There's no way he's slugging 625. I mean, no. that's, that's you know, that's Aaron Judge, Mike Trout territory. That, I don't think Cabrera – Miguel Cabrera ever slugged that high. But if he settles in as a solid, you know, everyday outfielder who's putting up decent numbers offensively, Plus the defense, plus the base running. And in left field where you don't get great defense or base runners, those are usually like your Matt Kemp types who just kind of lumber around and you try to hide. That's a good player. And I do think you're right. I do think he's earned the right 
to start every day for the rest of the year. He's definitely leapfrogged uh, Jankowski in his wet newspaper bat yeah. uh, whenever he comes off the DL. Um, and there's really nobody else down there. That's why I brought him up on that down on the farm segment because other than Dickerson, who we'll touch on later, and Jankowski, you know, we know they don't they don't care about Blash. He was really the next guy in line to get the shot. I think he's earned every right to be out there the rest of the season. Yeah, I was going to say Cordoba, but this, uh, this started last at week, short yesterday. Actually. Yeah, I was going to say this last week. He's he's. I feel like he's got a couple starts at short. I like seeing him at shortstop. I feel like what the hell is he doing out in left? I mean, I get it. He, he's showing that he's versatile, but he needs to be at short. And like, there's no place for Ibar on this on this team in the future. No. So I feel like you should be testing Cordoba at short. And I feel like from what I've seen. I went to the game on Monday night, and I felt like Cordoba played a, a fine shortstop. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think we brought this up on here, but we, I think we talked about it at work uh, during one of our uh, daily laps. But people I saw, was reading online, you know, people asking, why isn't Cordoba playing shortstop, and what was going on with him? Why, And not to mention, why was he left in short-season rookie ball for his second year because he won consecutive batting titles, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Cordova's take on it was that, you know, he was signed, you know, really late as a as a J2 kid. I don't think he made a ton on a sign a ton on the signing bonus at all. So he feels like, you know, maybe the Cardinals thought, you know, we've invested a lot of money in these other guys, so we're gonna put them as a priority. And that makes sense. You know, I I think uh, I don't know who who the hell it was I was talking about it. That you know, you want to oh is uh might have been Dan O'Dowd on uh, MLB Network. Because always a great... Love always, Dan O'Dowd. Yeah, love Dan O'Dowd. Always great insight uh, from Dan O'Dowd. But I was saying, you know, you want all your guys to hit. But, yeah, you're going to give more opportunities to the guys that you spend the big bucks on. Cordoba wasn't that kid. There was also the issue of playing in short season rookie ball, not getting a ton of reps. He was not supposedly very good at short, and the Cardinals were looking to give up on him and move him into third. Uh, and I know Andy Green has said before, you know, we need him to get reps over there and he needs to work on it. But, yeah, that's what we see him as at some point in the future. Uh, but I do think you're right in that there is no place on this team for Ibar. I'd rather have Chase Darnell out there yeah. at shortstop than Ibar. Uh, but I am glad to see that with Cordero kind of locking it down, um, Margot's going to come back hopefully soon at some point, probably the second half. Cordero should be the everyday guy in left field, which makes me excited for the outfield. But at that point, yeah, run Cordoba out there. You know, if you got to mix him in with Darno just to kind of give him some time, because I do think limiting him, as we've said, is good for him. Um, but yeah, give him give him every opportunity he can going forward. It's short because I really think that's where his biggest opportunity to help the club is. Yeah, I do, and I do have to say, going back to Franchi, the idea of having from left to right Franchi, Margot, and Renfro, like you could do a lot worse than that. On yeah, a, on a rebuilding team. No, absolutely. Yeah, but you got you got three young guys. The oldest guy there is twenty. Was Renfro twenty five now? I think Something this like year. That. Yeah. So you got you know three young guys, all with some upside. And Cordero looks really exciting. We've seen what Margot was doing holding his own, quietly holding his own, and uh, Renfro has really come along after last month. By the way, if you haven't seen it, please hit up MLB.com, Twitter, something, and watch Renfro's home run today. Oh, yeah, way back Wednesdays, too, in those 98 yeah. unis. and it was hit way back. Yeah, that makes it that makes it that much better. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I'm trying to think of another time I've seen a right-hander crush the ball like that. You know, it was like a Phil Nevin-esque swing in that uniform. He might be able to hit the scoreboard. 
He almost hit the, the Australia landing, which is right beneath the. No, snowboard. not almost. He hit it off the Australia. Uh, the Australia. Uh, well, landing. I should say hit it into. Yeah. He hit the. He hit the guardrail in front of it. Crushed. Just crushed. And, you know, I mean, the uh, home run he hit another day game. He muscled. Yeah. And then I know his walk off. He was a little out in front. The raw power Renfro has can never ceases to amaze me. It looks so good when when he connects, dude. Yeah. Now when he muscles one, it's like wow, that was impressive. But when he gets one like today, where he just got a fat pitch over the plate. And just got all of it. Yeah, he does a little trot with his, you know, yeah. subtle bat flip. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's but that, great. He has hit the most majestic home runs I can remember uh, since Petco Park opened. I'd love to see that guy in batting practice. Oh I'm, man, I'm sure he's a him freak. In a home run derby. Yeah, I am sure he's a freak in batting practice. I hope he goes on a tear like the next month or so and supersedes Myers as the default All Star. That'd be just cool. to see if they can stick him in the derby. Yeah. And I think he'd do it, too. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll go out there and hit a couple out. Dude, he's going to hit 30 this year. Yeah. He's going to hit 30. You know what's funny is him and Hedges are like in a race. Who's going to hit the most home runs? Hedges, who'd have thought? Yeah. Who'd have thought Hedges? Renfro tied Hedges today. Just yeah. throw that out there. That impressive swoon has been. Hashtag swoon. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, uh, we were going to do a very fancy, funny segment called Padres 911 to talk about their TL list. Uh, but because of uh, Eric serving justice and my schedule changing a little bit this month, uh, we're just going to jump right into the Padres DL news. Uh, I'll let you take it over, Eric, because you actually did all the research on this. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, so there's a couple things. Pitching staff, Cahill and Weaver, are both going to be facing batters uh, going into... Are they going to Milwaukee? I want to say going to Milwaukee. They're going to be facing batters, which means they're going to be doing... Uh, a simulated game where they're doing actual at-bats against our own hitters. They're throwing live BP but trying to get the guys out. Yeah, which I put on Twitter. Uh, I retweeted someone who said that Jared Weaver is going to be facing batters in Milwaukee. I said, oh, that should get our bats going. Because, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it's... He's going to go back on the deal with a bad hip. <laughs> yeah. After. Yeah, so... Forgot he existed to be honest with you. Yeah, those two guys, and really, I forgot about Cahill too. Yeah, well, is, he's been gone for I feel like I feel like he, had, he didn't even make it out of April. That's the thing that drives me nuts about the Padres, and you were saying it's probably like that in other teams. We don't hear about it. I feel like they're I feel I don't know. I they're, feel like they're shady with their DL. Like <laughs> they say nothing about it, yeah. and these guys are just like magically gone. The ten day DL turns into three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Cahill's been on a 10-day DL for like a month. I feel, I feel like he has not pitched in May. Yeah. I don't feel like I saw him after like the last time I remember him pitching, I want to say it was a home game um, or it was in Atlanta when they went that when Head just turned it around. Like that's the last time I remember actually seeing Cahill pitch. Yeah. Maybe I maybe he pitched you know a Friday home game in the Brown Unis. I don't know. I just feel like I haven't seen him in like it's a been a while. I forgot he was even on the team. Yeah, it's been a while with with both of those guys. With uh, Weaver, well, Weaver and can Cahill. stay away as long as he wants. Cahill's yeah. an actual trade piece. Yeah, he is. So those guys, um, they're hopefully going to be coming back soon. And I say hopefully pertaining to Cahill. Um, with who was the other one? Margot. So he's going to be possibly starting a rehab stint after the team gets back from their road trip. Yeah, they took the boot off. Thank which God. that's another guy, and that's another thing with their injuries. It's like, oh, you know, he's he's day to day. Andy Green says he's day to day. He came up a little lame after trying to run that after trying to beat out a um, an infield knock. Um, so we're just going to take it day to day. It was a little sore today, so you know we're going to give him the day, and he should be fine tomorrow. And here we are. How much later? Like 10 to 
20 days later. The best part is is that I believe it was Dennis Lynn that tweeted out like a day or two after he pulled up Lamb and they said day to day. Then he's walking around the clubhouse in a boot. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a good sign. So hopefully Margot's coming back soon because I've I really feel like he needs to be out there getting reps. As do I. Or, you know, maybe this is a welcome break. I mean, it's not the way he wanted the break, but yeah. because he was playing pretty much every inning of every game. Yeah, and, and uh, but that's the plus now that we know Cordoba can handle the outfield and Cordura can. Is, hey, he can kind of switch him up, but I like the idea of... Uh, of those two guys getting mixed in together in that lineup because it gives us a little bit of speed, a little bit of power, good defense, obviously. Um, sad news. Yeah, just going to say sad news. Adam West died. Oh, oh, not the- <laughs> Who? <laughs> what do you um, mean who? Oh, I'm, I'm leaving the studio. So Alex Dickerson. Somebody open the door and let me out. Yeah, Alex Dickerson suffered another setback, and he's likely out for the year. Yeah, that that actually really sucks. That, yeah. they, in, all, in all seriousness, that really sucks because – we don't have any record of this, unfortunately. But when we first started in the podcast, you and I agreed um, that we were both really impressed with Alex Dickerson last year. I actually almost wrote him off as like basically uh, white left-handed Jabari Blash for a outfielder, platoon guy at best, maybe uh, if that. But I think that's what he was as a platoon bat. But after seeing him last year, I'm like this guy's actually not bad to run out there for 120 games. Um, so I was really excited to see what he's going to do this year, actually getting a shot to hit that 100, 120 game mark. Yeah. Because he's always hitting the minors, and he's never been a terrible prospect. Um, but, man, he just he just can't catch a break. He gets hurt when the job is seemingly his. And, you know, anytime they try to pick up baseball activities, it's a setback after setback. And, yeah, like you said, Andrew Green now saying he's probably done. Yeah, and if you remember uh, around that time, it's like, Oh man, well, you know, do we start Dickerson out there because he has the power, or do you start Jankowski as your everyday left fielder because he brings the speed and he gets on base? And both those guys <laughs> have been toast. Yeah. Jankowski may be coming back soon, but at this point, I don't want him back, dude. It's like. I don't mind him back if it means. Bench roll. Yeah, bench roll, exactly. If it means, like, okay, you know what? Well, really, they don't. I mean, if Margot comes back, they have no need for for Jankowski because Cordero can do what Jankowski can do, yeah. but he can actually hit. Yeah, that's true. Jankowski might go down to El Paso at that point. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, he might because they they really don't have it. They've got enough guys down in El Paso. I know, uh, you know, Swahe hit an absolute bomb into what I've deemed the uh, Eastern Metal build, <laughs> Eastern yeah. Metal Building yeah. uh, out in uh, the El Paso uh, Stadium, but um, they've they've got some guys down there that need to come up that they just don't have room for. I don't see Jankowski. As being anything more than like a, he's not even a fourth out for him because he doesn't hit enough. He's like a, he's lit, he's a late inning defensive replacement. That's all he is to me. Yeah, me too. You know, I I don't know. I I don't really care for Jankowski at all. And when he went down, I was I don't want to say I was happy because I never want to see anyone get hurt. But <laughs> it was just kind of like like woo, dodged a bullet there. Dodged the bullet. He was playing a lot and he was killing him offensively. Yeah, he brings nothing to the table. Like I feel like he wasn't even getting on base. I don't have his stats in front of me, but I feel like he wasn't even getting on base at that point. And don't look it up because people have already fallen asleep at this point. Um, but well, it's late. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's and especially. Especially now with the emergence of, of Franchi Cordero, like Jake Cordoba. And Cordoba. Even if Cordero never came up, if you know Cordoba's doing what he's doing, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's out hitting Jankowski from last year, and Jankowski, I believe, was a college player. So Yeah, so you have Renfro, Margot, Cordero, Cordoba, and yeah. then Jankowski. Yeah. So he's number five on that list there. And you have uh Caesar. 
Oh yeah, Caesar. you have Caesar on the team too. Yeah, so there's going to be a move that that's made sometime. And I like Matt Caesar a lot better than I like Jankowski because he's not great, but he's at least a deep. You know, he can run into one. Yeah. The only thing Jankowski can do is run. I mean, that's really all it is. And you know, with last year, yeah, he got a lot of opportunity because they traded all their outfield. You know, Melvin Upton was gone. Uh, John Jay was hurt a lot of the year. Kemp was gone. So great. He didn't hit for any power. He is an empty bat. He's great defensively, great on the bases, but they have better, younger, higher upside options to where I think you just stash him in the minors and somebody gets hurt or you need to bring somebody up or whatever, then you can bring him up. But I agree. I, I think Jankowski at this point, that experiment is uh, done and done. You know what? There's there's one thing that I want to bring up that we didn't uh, touch on the show, and it's unrelated to that, but um, – this last week so a couple a couple pictures i want to highlight last night actually on wednesday or tuesday night uh clayton richard almost went for the complete game yeah i was actually watching that yeah Yeah, he actually had a solid outing and then a guy who's really regressed and we were really high on him was uh denelson lamette yeah man he came down he came crashing down there yeah like big time with a vengeance and i think with lamette but see we talked about still we're okay with that because he's he's got nothing left to do down in the minors but i have noticed the one thing we pointed out when he first came up before his first start was like, hey, you know, be weary because he's still working on a third pitch. He does he does have some command issues. And because he doesn't really have a changeup, you know, lefties hit him pretty hard because they can sit, you know, they can see the slider coming at him and they can sit on the fastball. And that's I feel like that's what he's been touched up by or left-handed, left-handed uh, hitters a lot. But whatever, he's developing, but he has come crashing down. Richard, meanwhile, is pitching to a four-and-a-half ERA, if you're curious. That's quality starts. It's three runs every six innings. Yeah, so that's good for him. But with Lamette, I feel like I feel like his first two starts were so good that a lot of casual kind of Padre fans who kind of check in here and there came to expect that every start. Yeah. Whereas I think he's I think he's kind of in between his last two starts and his first two starts. Yeah, that I makes agree. sense. No, I, I agree. feel like he's somewhere in between there. I feel like he's not as good as his first two starts, but at the same time, I don't think he's as bad as his last two starts. Yeah, I don't either. And, and you know, the thing is in Major League Baseball, we all know this, they have advanced scouts. Well, Potters didn't used to have any advanced yeah. scouts, <laughs> but they have advanced scouts. Guys will go watch these guys. So when Lamette was pitching against, uh, you know, the Mets, they had a Cub scout probably there, you know, picking things up when he's pitching against the Cubs. Whoever he pitched to, you know, after that, they had some, I think it was the Diamondbacks. Uh, they had somebody watching him there. So they pick up on these things. And, they, I mean, we're, we're amateurs. I mean, we don't know what the hell we're talking about from a scouting standpoint. But I could sit there and tell you, yeah, he looked great in his Mets start from his number standpoint. But, yeah, he threw hard. But he was all over the place from a, you know, throwing strikes, you know, point of view. Yeah. Teams are going to, if, if I can see that. Teams are going to pick up on that, and they have an immense amount of information on this guy already. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're two scrubs that are just Schlubs. sitting here watching the, you know, watching the game on the couch, and we can see that he is not hitting the glove. He's all over the place. Even in his first two starts, I feel like he was effectively wild. Yeah, he's just, he's getting by on pure stuff against teams that well, the Cubs were struggling, but the Mets, you know, the Mets have been underwhelming. Their offense has been hurt. You know, they had Conforto in there, but. You know, Duda, Bruce, but they don't have, you know, a fully loaded roster. And he gets by on pure stuff those first two times. And now that the reports are out, it's like, okay, you know what? If you're lefty, sit on the fastball because you can't throw a changeup and you can see the slider. And if you're righty, just wait for a strike because he's not, you know, he's not hitting the spots. Yeah. So he, he's he's come crashing down to earth, but real hard. Yeah, I I, I feel like he'll 
he'll get to the point where he's average. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I, and I think you're right. I think he's in between. He's not, he's not as good as his first two starts, but he's not as bad. He's probably somewhere in between. Average with flashes of brilliance. Every <laughs> yeah. once in a while, he's yeah. gonna go out there. It's kind of like Volquez. Like every once in a while. Oh God, Volquez kills me. I know you don't know. like war, but he was so terrible <laughs> last year was with the Padres. Well, so bad. I, I yeah. So he. Volquez, he, most of his starts were bad, but sometimes he would sprinkle in a gem here and there. Yeah, where you're like, wow, like a one. I think he threw like two or three one hitters with the Padres. That's what made it more frustrating <laughs> when he would have those starts where he would just blow up because you're like, I know what this guy's capable of. Yeah, like he just can't put it together tonight or the last six nights that he went out there and threw. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. you know just get. <laughs> It just gets frustrating, man. It does. It it gets very frustrating. Uh, I do want to point out and give ourselves a good old pat on the back. Uh, If you go and tune into about the first five or ten minutes of uh, last week's show, we touched on how Miguel Diaz was going to get a start, and uh, we called that one too, Eric. Miguel Diaz went out there. He pissed a couple of innings. He left some runners on, and in came good old Craig Stammen, who I have to give credit, pitched very well in May. Like a sub-3 RA, I think, I want to say. But, yeah, yeah, we called that one too. Dude, I've never been so happy to see a pitcher ran after two innings because I was sitting there I was watching the game on my phone at work on the Fox Sports uh, Fox Sports Go app and I'm sitting there it's kind of slow at work and we're watching it we're watching it and then all of a sudden Diaz gets pulled with the bases loaded and the bullpen gate opens up and in comes Stammen and both my hands went up in the air like in triumph I'm like Danny Danny guess what the exact same thing that we called it actually happened. So I was like, "Oh, Stammen's coming in." Yep. <laughs> what inning is it? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Hire us soon. Uh, we're picking the lotto numbers next week. So, yeah. Uh, hire us soon for Mega Lotto. If I hit the lotto, you will never see me again. Ever. Well, I'll see you. No, you won't see me. I'm what? gonna go off the face of the planet. Oh, I'll, I'll find you. Trust me, we can all find you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but uh, long show today. That's gonna about wrap it up. We do want to thank everybody again for uh, giving us a listen. Again, follow us on Twitter at five point five Dan and at Miserable SD Fan. Also, America's Finest Digital dot com, uh, SoundCloud. Google Play and iTunes. Yes, find us there. And thanks again for uh, tuning in. Uh, you could be doing anything else with your time, and I would be doing anything else with my time. But uh, <laughs> if you're still with us at this point, we do appreciate it. And yes, you mentioned uh, and really, it's not a long show, dude. We're about 50 minutes right now, um, just coming up on that, which we used to do an hour, uh, if not a little bit longer, yeah. for each show. But then we started recording before we started work, and we start working around 11. So we're like, all right, hey, we'll get there at 9:45. And then me, my fat ass rolls up at like 10.05. Well, I'm and, st- and I'm rolling out of the building after showering. Yeah. Uh. So so then, you know, it's a little bit of shorter shows. But, um, by the way, last thing I want to... I want to. Uh, you got to hear this up, man. It's it's almost 20 minutes past midnight. It's been time. I know. Rest in peace, five-game plan. <laughs> That's right. Today was it. Yes. Because they swept the Reds. That's done. So they got a total of, I want to say, nine games. For $99. So it's about 11 bucks a game, which isn't awful, but at the same time, much better things being offered yeah, elsewhere. And we but didn't. Then, but then I saw a guy on Twitter go, oh, Padres five game package done after X amount of games. Meanwhile, I'm still paying 20 bucks a month for my A's. Unlimited. Yeah, unlimited. Yeah, and you get to watch uh, Yonder Alonso. Oh, who's leading the leading the AL yes. in All Star votes? I knew he had it in him. I always had faith in Yonder. I'm so glad he's such a nice guy. Ahead of Miguel Cabrera, I couldn't believe that. Unbelie- what? He he is hitting. 
He has all, a perfect slash line uh, as of last night on Quick Pits. They highlighted 300 average, 400 on base, 600 slugging. Where the hell was this guy the last six years? Yeah, I saw that. I saw the All Star game. I saw the All Star <laughs> game. The breakdown, the leading votes getter, and I saw Yonder Alonzo first base, and I thought. <laughs> I thought, what a world we're living in this deep these days. But anyways, guys, thanks for We still have Anderson in. Espinosa. Yeah. That's all I have to where say Where is Espinosa? Who knows? Who knows? The hunt is on. Where in the world is Espinosa? Detective Dan and uh, Sheriff Eric will be on it. Don't worry. Yeah, Chief Justice. <laughs> Chief. Better be careful. They're shooting your kind these days. Yeah. Anyways, um, well, I wanted to end it, but you mentioned Espinosa. I can keep going. But maybe we'll talk about it next week. Probably not. If uh, we find him. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.